I mean, I think I was really just drawn to how can I relate to God in a different way. I, I wanted to get closer to God and, and connect more with God. I just didn't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there was just kind of a longing in me for a closer connection with God, closer partnership with God on a daily basis. But I didn't really know what what that, how do you do it? Mm-hmm. And I think... I think I found it through silent prayer and through specifically through center prayer. Hi there, friends. Welcome to episode 54 of the Spirituality for Ordinary People podcast. I'm your host, Matt Bruff. I'm an author and a pastor. Today on the podcast, I have Rich Lewis, and we talk all about centering prayer. So if you want to know what Centering Prayer is about, Rich is a great person to talk to, and uh, we just have a really interesting conversation, uh, even just kind of talking about how do you uh, deal with times of silence. We we maybe hear that, you know, keeping silence and trying to have silence as part of our spiritual practice is a good thing, and then I also hear from lots of people, oh, I just can't do that, I just can't sit silently Um, So we talk a bit about that as well, but kind of get into the specifics of what centering prayer is and how to practice it and sort of um, how some of it is easy and other times it can be challenging. So uh, yeah, it's a really great conversation. I am going to keep the intro today uh, pretty short. Um, Just to remind you, you can head to spiritualityforordinarypeople.com and you can get a free copy of my book, Let God Be Present, there. Um, also, if you visit any of the episodes, all of the back episodes are there as well. Uh, but if you visit those web pages, you can uh, sign up for a free tips guide, and, and you also end up on the mailing list for this show. So you'll get an email when new episodes are out, or new books, or if there's other resources that are that are becoming available, you get uh, an email from me about those things. So Uh, Feel free to go and sign up for that. Uh, Also, feel free to go and leave a review on iTunes because that really helps out uh, with listeners finding the podcast. So uh, without further ado, here is today's interview with Rich Lewis. Today on the podcast, I have Rich Lewis. It's uh, great to have you on today, Rich. Thanks for being here. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. um, Today... um, we, we're going to talk a bunch about centering prayer, um, and that's a passion of yours. You write about it. You, uh, I know you teach about it and uh, practice it uh, regularly. Um, so we, I want to hear all about centering prayer. I know some people who are listening are not going to necessarily know what it is, um, right. but also maybe just tell us a little bit about how this came to be such an important and central part of your life. And, you know, sort of how you found your way into this practice of, of uh, centering prayer. Sure. And I'll try to keep that in mind that your listeners may not even know what it is. And, sure. I, and I, obviously I do. So I'll try to remember that and I guess prompt me if I forget. Yeah, that's um, fine. But I, I guess I've, I guess I've always been intrigued by silence. Um, and I came across kind of silence. I like Carl McCullman and I read a lot of his books and he talked a lot about silence in his books, but he didn't really go into a practice for it. So I just didn't know what to do with the silence. And then I sort of stumbled into a book by Amos Smith at the end of 2013 um, that he had written called Healing the Divide. Um, uh, And it basically 
talked a lot about the Jesus, what he called the Jesus paradox, God being uh, Jesus being God and human at once. He talked a lot about the desert fathers going off into silence. And then, of course, he talked a lot about centering prayer. And then so I all of a sudden I found something that I could do in the silence. I didn't know what to do with the silence. I used to just sort of sit silently for a minute or two minutes with a timer and it was brutal. And I, but I didn't know what I was doing in the silence, but I knew it seemed interesting and I had heard it transformed you. <laughs> right. So, um, but again, so I guess in his book, I discovered what you can do in silence, a practice called centering prayer. Hmm. And I began a dialogue with him. I simply went to his website and emailed him and started asking him questions about the Jesus paradox and questions about centering prayer and what happens in centering prayer. And to my surprise, he emailed me back and we began kind of a, a lot of back and forth dialogue. And then we became friends and I ended up kind of joining him on his website um, and working with him. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I kind of stumbled, stumbled into centering prayer and I'm glad I did. So I, I guess I've been practicing centering prayer um, since about June of 2014. And we'll talk more about it. Um, sure. But I've been practicing it sort of, I guess, more official, I'll call it, um, for about, you know, since June of 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we're, I, I'm going to have Amos on this podcast as well in, right, uh, right, in a right. couple of weeks. And uh, I don't know exactly when these are going to air, but uh, okay. they will... Uh, we'll, we'll figure that out, but people are going to get a chance to hear you and him as well, kind Great. of talking on similar subjects. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious about you being curious or intrigued by silence and saying you've always been intrigued by silence. Can, can you tell, like, can you tell me more about that? Just where did that come from or what were you seeking something in particular in your, in your own personal life or in your professional life or, or, you know, what was it about silence that you were drawn to, you know, sit for a couple of minutes a day, even maybe not quite knowing what to do in that, in that time? I, mean, I think I was really just drawn to how can I relate to God in a different way? I, I wanted to get closer to God and, and connect more with God. I just didn't know how to do it. Mm. So I, I think there was just kind of a longing in me for a closer connection with God, closer partnership with God on a daily basis. But I didn't really know what what that how do you do it and i think i think i found it through silent prayer and through specifically through centering prayer i mean there's other different there's different ways to practice silent prayer that's one tool or practice but i think i was just looking for a way to connect to god um i didn't feel as connected to god as as i wanted to be Mm. yeah looking for something and found it yeah so like can you tell me a little more about uh what like what did what did you think was sort of lacking? So you just had this desire to connect more strongly with God. Um, was that like were you going to going to church and just like uh, this isn't really? Was there something that you felt was missing, or was there like what was that I, disconnect about? I guess. I mean, I think it was mainly just not feeling that I was being led by God on a daily basis. I mean, I guess I was talking to God with prayer and, and going to church and, and going to any of the group studies we had at the church. But I didn't just, I didn't feel, I guess, one with God, so to speak. So right. it's kind of hard to put into words, but I, I think it was just, there was something, there was a piece missing that, and I didn't know what it was. I just felt like there was a closerness to God that I could have that I, that I didn't have. And, mm-hmm. and that 
and I think I, I think I learned more about it just through Amos's book and through my practice, where I kind of began to learn that you know God isn't just some outside force looking at me or some infinite force that created the universe, but God's actually in me, and God will pray in me, and I can kind of take these inner nudges and actions from God into my daily life. Hmm. So I, I think I was just looking for something to help guide me in my own life. Okay, cool. Um, okay, can can we, um, let's kind of talk about, well, what is it? Like, what, sure. what is centering prayer? And also, there's, I, I noticed some different words as well on your website, kind of how you um, talk about a few things, and we talked a bit about stillness or silence, but also is centering prayer and contemplative prayer, are those the same thing? Um, sure. And, or is, are they, is there a difference? So maybe just let us know what, what these things are. Sure. And I think you'll hear people say different things. Some will say, I've heard some people say centered prayer is the same as contemplative prayer. Um, but what I, what I think and what I've read um, specifically from Thomas Keating, um, centering prayer really is a practice in my opinion. It's, it's a tool or practice that you use to enter contemplative prayer. So centering prayers is a tool or practice, just like Christian meditation is another practice or walking meditation or um, contemplative photography. They're all tools or practices. And then contemplative prayer really is where you're sitting in the pure presence of God. So centering prayer is a practice that can open you to the gift of contemplative prayer. And then content, contemplative prayer is simply sitting with God and kind of opening your, your mind, your heart, um, your body, and, and your body to God who's beyond thoughts, words, emotions, physical sensations. Hmm. Is, okay. how I, is how I define it and, and think about it. So I think that I use center in prayer, and then I even, and we'll talk about the practice, and then I even let go of the practice because then you're in contemplative prayer where you're, you're even letting go of the practice and purely sitting with God. Hmm. Okay. All right. That, that's actually really helpful. I kind of like that distinction myself. And I hadn't heard that before. Um, I just kind of thought they were sort of the same thing, maybe. And an important thing is it's really, you know, it complements other forms of prayer. It doesn't have to be the only way you pray. Yeah, yeah. So I don't want people to feel that this is the only way I pray, or that's the only way they should pray. There's many different ways to pray. And this, this is one way, but it can yeah. complement your existing prayer forms that you might already have. Yeah. And I think um, along with that, it, it might be good to note um that, uh, you know, this is, this is part of your story as this is something you found that helped you to connect more deeply with God and continues right. to, to help you do that. Um, but, but other people might find other ways to also do that while there are some forms of prayer that maybe don't necessarily lead to this, to a deeper connection with God. Right. Um, there might be other forms of prayer as well. Like I know I will, uh, you know, walk in the forest while I pray, which I found find is not necessarily, um, it, we'll, we'll talk about what centering prayers, but it's not necessarily centering prayer that I'm doing. Um, but I find that is often when I will connect most deeply with God, um, right. is, is sort of in a walking, uh, or in a labyrinth and hopefully one day, you know, a longer, a more pilgrimage type walk. Um, but that hasn't happened for me yet. Um, so I think there's sort of these different things. Um, and we don't want to try to say to people, Hey, everyone get on the centering prayer right. bandwagon. Um, and, and you'll, and, and your, your 
that'll be the key that'll unlock your relationship with God. And it's a hundred percent guaranteed, you know, like that's, that's not what we're doing here. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I think yeah. I, I, something that's worked for me, I simply want to share it with others and yeah. see if it will work for them. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it may or it may not. And I actually, I mean, I've even had a number of people contact me, like I have attention deficit disorder. It's very difficult for me to do center and prayer. What do you recommend? And I said, actually do the center and prayer steps, but walk. And they're, they hadn't mm. thought of that. It's a yeah. good idea. I said, so you can, I said, do a walking center in prayer if you really, really can't sit still right. or do it in shorter bursts instead of doing 20 minutes, do it in mm-hmm. one minute or two minutes or five minutes. Is mm-hmm. I, I had some email dialogue with someone about a month ago who said, I, I can't sit still. I just can't do it. I have attention deficit disorder. So we talked about, well, right. all right, maybe this is how you could do it. Yeah, oh, that's cool. Um, okay, so can you walk us through sort of what, there's certain steps to centering prayer. Can you walk us through what some of those steps are? Like, what would someone do if they wanted to try it out? What What are the things that they need to they need to do to be? Sure. So it's really, I'll say it's four simple steps, but it's obviously it's not, sometimes it's really not simple because it's not easy to sit in silence and it wasn't easy for me to do it when I first started either. Um, but really step one is, you know, you select a sacred word as the symbol of your intent to open yourself to God's presence and action within you. So you might, and you probably want to keep it as a short syllable word of two, three, or four syllables at the most. So it could be love, it could be Jesus, it could be ocean, if you like the ocean or water. So you think of a word um, that you're going to use. And step two is you sit comfortably, close your eyes, and internally repeat the sacred word interiorly so you're not saying it out loud Mm -hmm. step three really is when you become aware of thoughts emotions and even physical sensations interiorly you kind of bring this word to your mind and the whole purpose is to bring yourself back to god and then you let go of the word quite frankly and that's really all you're doing through the practice over and over again is you're you're sitting in silence and when you start planning the day or thinking about your upcoming things you need to get done, or you might've had an argument with someone earlier, whenever any of these thoughts start happening or emotions, you, you let them go and you kind of bring that sacred word back to your mind and then let it go. So you're continually open, letting go and opening yourself to God. And, and that's really the whole process is let go open to God, let go open to God over and over again. And then step four is you probably have some type of bell or some something that doesn't jar you, but some type of timer that goes off if you set it for 10 minutes or if you set it for 20 minutes, that goes off. When the bell goes off, your time is ended. And you can then you can do kind of whatever you want. You can remain in silence for a minute or two, or you might do some other form of prayer, or you might read something that you like to read, or you might even walk. Um, but those are the steps. I'm not saying it's easy because it's hard to sit in silence for those that haven't done it. And it's even harder to do it for a longer period of time. But those are the steps Now you don't have to do it with your eyes closed. For example, um, Amos, you mentioned, uh, will be a guest. He does it with his eyes opened and does what's called the sacred glance. So he sort of stares at an object, I think, kind of three or four feet in front of him and he stares. And that's what he does. And my daughter, who's um, 16, will center with me from time to time. And she's, she said, I'll fall asleep if I, if, if I close my eyes. So she does the same thing. So you can use something else as a sacred word. I, and I actually don't use a word. I use an icon image in my head. I like to read the Richard Gore uh, daily meditations. And there was an icon that I liked. 
So I used to use a word and then I saw an icon on one of his meditations. So I use an interior image to bring myself back. Hmm. And you can use your breath. So there's a number of different things you can use, but those are essentially the the four steps, I'll call them, mm-hmm. of center and prayer. I, I've seen as well um, sort of this getting combined with Lectio Divina, um, where say a, a particular text is read and then you and then you find uh, you find your sacred word in that text so basically uh, you know it might be it might start as a phrase but you might then kind of reduce it down to one word that you've that has jumped out at you in that scripture reading and then and then you move from that sacred reading of the text to then centering prayer on that word that has come from that text so i've seen that then as well um, so that's sometimes like that maybe a pre-practice and almost a post-practice right. as well. Like then, like you're saying, other things can happen after. There might be something that people have before as well if they if they choose. But I, mean, I think the last step of lectio is center. You could argue it is you know, it is center in prayer or yeah. contemplative prayer, some type of contemplative silence. That is yeah. really the last step of lectio. Yeah, it is really. Um, how, like you said, that the sacred words can be anything. Is there? Do you have advice for people on if they're if they're like, I don't know, I, my brain is sometimes scattered thinking, like, I'll, I'll then, like, worry about, oh, like, which word am I picking? And like, is that is that something that uh, you run into as well, people being uncomfortable sitting in silence, but also just people kind of like, well, you know, what's a good word? Like, what do I, what do I choose? Um, I mean, I guess you, you keep it, well, one, one thing is you obviously don't want to change it in the middle of the prayer. So that's the most, one, one thing is you, you okay. want to keep it the same. So going into the prayer, it should be the same word. Um, I, I would just suggest that something simple, Jesus, love, or something that you like, whether it's the, the ocean, or if you have a favorite color, I know some people will use their favorite color. So I, I think it's just something that you, something that resonates with you, whether it's love, Jesus, or a favorite color, or a favorite, or the ocean, or the beach, something that kind of means a lot to you. But then again, you're not hanging on to that word, you're supposed to let go of it. Right. Yeah. And what, like, what is supposed to happen? Like, I know um, it's sort of this becoming closer to God or, uh, you know, connecting with God in a more full way, perhaps. Um, but I, like, I wonder if people might be suspicious as well. <laughs> you know, uh, what is what is really supposed to happen here? Really pick a word and, and sit there and think about the word and then let go of things? Like, is, is anything really going to happen? Like, I wonder if people would be suspect of that what they probably would and they and i think some people will think this is new agey or it's not biblical um i mean obviously what i think is that i'm sitting with jesus it's another way to sit with jesus and it's just like if you're sitting with a spouse or a friend or another significant other you you can sit together quietly with someone and you don't have to say any words so it's similar in that in that vein it's just sitting quietly with someone special no words need to be said and I guess I, it's like, a, for me, it's like a reverse prayer. So I'm verbal prayer. I'm talking to God, but in this case, it's kind of a, I'll call it a reverse prayer where God is praying in me. So I'm getting silent. I'm letting go of everything as much as possible. And I'm entering the spaces between my thoughts. And, and I, for me, I have found that's happened. So we're all of a sudden, I don't know where I went and the closing bell has rung. I know I didn't fall asleep, but there are times where the, I don't, the gaps are wide between the thoughts. Mm. 
and I don't know where I was other than I know I wasn't sleeping. So I can only believe that I'm sitting with God and God is praying in me. And you just keep at it, quite frankly. I guess it's changed my life. And, and, and I know that just from, I feel of kind of a fuller, feel more alive than ever felt before. I have an excitement for life that I didn't have before. I have more confidence and I kind of have inner nudges to try and do new things that are out of my comfort zone, but I know will be okay because I'm partnering with God. But I only know this because I've done the practice. So I've been doing this and I've been practicing for the most part, twice a day for 20 minutes, once in the morning, and then sort of a a mid afternoon, 20 minutes sit. And I've been at it for, you know, four years now almost, and it has changed me. And, and I just like to share that with people to say, why don't you give it a chance and see what happens to you? And I think what will happen to them is different than obviously what will happen to me. But I, I think God is, in, is praying in me and nudging me to do and take action. So I, I view it as I'm sitting in silence to let God pray in me. And then the actions that he, that God has prayed in me or the actions he wants me to take in my non-silent times. Mm-hmm. So how do, like, how, how does that show up for you? Um, so say there's like a nudge from God to, you know, do something that's outside of your comfort zone. Um, does that show up in times of when you are praying in those silent times or is it kind of after, you know, maybe there's something else that you're doing and like, or is it just sort of a culmination? It takes time. These things kind of happen organically and you kind of look back and go, Oh yeah, God was kind of directing that. Like I would say all three. So sometimes I'll get a thought in center and prayer, but I obviously I'm trying to let go of it because I think if it's that important, God's going to tell me in my non-silent time. So I I think something will, sometimes you get a thought or idea, but I try to resist I try to resist stopping my prayer and writing it down because that's not really the purpose of my prayer time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I do get nudges, but then if they're that important, I'll remember them after, after my silence sits. Some of them are, I guess, are more evident after I get up and then some mm-hmm. of them kind of are, are over time. I mean, I think everything I'm doing right now, I think is as a result of my setting of prayer practice. I mean, I work a regular full-time job, but I never thought I would have, I didn't plan on doing any stuff I'm currently doing. I didn't plan on being part of Amos and his websites and helping him. I didn't plan on writing a, he had asked me to write a book about what does the Jesus paradox mean to me. So I, I've actually written a book and, and it's done and I'm kind of working with Amos on getting someone to write the forward and then getting it submitted to a publisher. Um, I hadn't planned on writing a book I, and I didn't plan on launching my site silence teaches and I didn't plan on at this point, I think I've been out in the community to about seven or eight different churches now and just talking about centering prayer. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I even had one centering prayer coaching client. So I didn't plan on doing any of this stuff. And now that I practice centering prayer, all of a sudden I'm doing all of this stuff. <laughs> so I think they're, the, they're kind of God's inner nudges that he wants me to share silent prayer in the community with those that want to hear it because it's definitely helped me and just kind of given me an excitement and confidence that I just never had before. Yeah. Yeah. That is really cool. I think there's a really important point there as well about you are going to, if you're 
trying to, I mean, a lot of this is kind of practicing stillness. You're, uh, if you are silent and you're trying to let go of these thoughts, you are going to have thoughts that may in fact be, you know, something that has come from God. But I really like your emphasis to say, well, if, if it is from God, it's, it's going to, it's going to be there again later. You know, um, it's not right. like I have to worry about holding on to that thought. I'm still, you're still able to kind of figure out how do I let go of that thought and, um, and focus on your word and then let go of that word. Um, and then, uh, and then that, you know, that, uh, you know, inner working of the spirit will show up again. Uh, I love that. I think that's so important for people to hear. Cause I, I, I know for myself, when I, when I feel like, Oh, God is maybe saying something to me or guiding me in some way. I, I think, Oh, I got to write that down or I've, <laughs> I've got to do right. something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's sort of, it's again, kind of another act of trusting in God as well. I think, right. To say, well, you know, I'm, I'm trusting that God's going to continue to prompt me with that. Like me thinking I've got to write it down is, is me trying to take control of that rather than. Right. That's true. God to have control. So anyway, that's what it made me think of. I, I really appreciate that. I think that's, I think that's really great. Um, and and, I, and let me also just quickly add that yeah. um, something, and then you have to wonder, okay, is this me wanting this or is this God? Wanting yeah. Wanting yeah. And I, and I, I guess I, I guess my barometer of that is that it, I guess if it brings me inner peace and if it's an action that isn't going to harm me or others, then I, then I think it's God. And then I think it's God wanting me to take some action. And then I think, you know, the more action I take, more the more clarity there will be. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my barometer of how do I know this is something God wants me to do. It's, it's you know, it's, it's brought me inner peace. It's not going to harm me or anybody else. And then I just have to think, okay, well, I'm nervous about this, but is it nervous? Nerves because it's just something new out of my comfort zone, not nerve, you know, a nervousness because it's something that's risky and harmful. And, yeah. that, and that's kind of the way I'll look at things and then determine, yes, I think I should continue to move forward and, and see you know, where this takes me. Yeah. Um, I, I want to ask you a little more about you saying centering prayer changed your life and sort of in, the encouragement for people who may be listening today to, to try this out. How like, um, for, and, and we kind of said it might not be for everyone, Mm-hmm. Um, however, how long should someone try it out for? Like I, I, my sense is people shouldn't, you know, go, you know, wake up tomorrow morning and try centering prayer and think, oh, I was just really distracted. It's not going to work for me. Right. Um, they should probably give it a little longer than that. Right. <laughs> right. No, <laughs> I, I, I would, well, I guess I would give it at least a month, first of all. And then I would say it's important, you know, start with baby steps. You don't need to jump like if the, the, the Temple of Outreach is the organization that, that um, I guess, the main Center in Prayer organization, and they'll recommend. So Center in Prayer itself was uh, founded or started in the late 70s, probably the early 70s, um, by a couple Trappist monks um, that created Center in Prayer. So Father William Manager found Center in Prayer, kind of discovered it, and then it was sort of refined by his peers as well, Thomas Keating and Basil Pennington and himself, and they refined the process. And then their suggestions are twice a day for 20 minutes, which makes sense. Um, but you don't have to start at two 20 minute sits. That may be rather difficult. So I would suggest anywhere from one to five minutes each sit. 
and work your work your way up and see what happens. Um, and I would also suggest, um, you know, definitely a lot, some people, it's easy to get the first sit in, some people then just never get a second sit in. And I think it's really important to have a second sit, even if it's five mm. minutes, because it sort of recharges you, refills your reservoir. Mm. Um, it, it really, you start off, I, I love to start my day with centering prayer. And I just kind of set my alarm 20 minutes earlier. And, and that's how you do it. And then l- later in the day, um, it kind of recharges my battery. And, and I guess I'm fortunate enough that I can kind of leave my work desk and weather permitting, I just sit in my car and crack mm-hmm. a window if I need to and do a center and prayer sit and then go back to work. But I find that even though I'm real busy at work, it just refills me and I still find that I'm still getting the work done. And in some cases, I seem to be getting it done faster, I think, because I slowed myself down and, mm-hmm. and it's given me... God's given me wisdom or energy or, or given me what I needed to finish the day is what I found. So I would just encourage people to just try it, but start slow if you need to. You don't need to do two 20-minute sits. Right. Maybe start with five minutes each time and work your way up. But try it for at least a month and see if it's, if it's something that works for you. Sure. Um, I'm also uh, always a little bit hesitant about sort of a, a results-driven spirituality as well Mm -hmm. so um i think like these practices can be transformative but at the same time um it's it's often kind of about encountering god and not so much about uh and so now god has done these great things for me Mm -hmm. uh is sort of like I, I often think about human relationships and if i you know i don't that's that's not how i approach um, my relationship with my daughter or my wife, I don't think, well, you know, I've, I put in my, my time investment with my wife and now I'm, and and now I'm getting something from her. I'm getting something out of her. Like it's, it's the actual time itself of sitting or being with her. That is the reward. Right. Um, so I think it's sort of, you do, there are results, there are benefits, uh, in relationships. Um, but it's really, to me, um, prayer, uh, really any kind of prayer, uh, I think what's valuable about that is the relationship itself, not so much the what I get out of it. <laughs> so, right. I mean, the main the main reason to but, sit with God is because we love God, and yeah. we want and we want to sit with God, and we don't enter it before the gifts. We're, we just end up being pleasantly surprised when God gifts us with something. So I, I guess I don't, I guess I don't go into any of my center and prayer sits with an intention or with a prayer request. I sit with God because I love God and I don't really, I don't know what's going to happen. Right. And then I get up from my sit and get on with my day and listen to any you know inner nudges that I think are God's. Um, but no, I, I mean, I agree with you. We're not entering any of this for God's gifts. We're not asking God for any gifts. We're simply sitting with God because we love God. And then we end up, at least one of my experiences, I end up being pleasantly surprised by the gifts that God has given me that I, that I didn't go in asking for. Right, yeah. And they're really the actions God wants me to take in the world, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Thanks for that gift of, you know, planting that... Uh you know, planting that seed of the action that I, that I ought to take that frightens me. <laughs> that doesn't always seem like a gift, but it's good to think of it that way. Um, <laughs> uh, 
you mentioned going to your car in the middle of the day, and I wanted to ask you about whether there are certain environments that are more conducive, conducive to centering prayer, in your opinion. And uh, um, so, yeah, mentioning your car is kind of interesting, but... Sure. I mean, I guess a couple... What might be helpful for folks? <laughs> I mean, a couple of thoughts. Obviously, it's it's nice to have a, you know, a special quiet place where you do it. So obviously at home, I, I can tend to go to the, my basement, there's a couch, and I can sit on the couch and do my center and prayer practice. So it's, it's always nice to have a kind of special place where you can go that's quiet and, and distraction-free um, to practice. So that's kind of where I might, where I would do my morning sit. Um, then the afternoon sit up since I'm at work it's, it's, and it's kind of the parking lot's too, not too loud. And I've even done it in the winter. And then it's real cold and obviously I don't because I don't want to freeze myself. But then I, I guess my second quiet place is my car, quite frankly. I go into my car, into the parking lot, leave my desk and sit in my car and do my centering prayer practice. Um, you know, as I said, the only times I'm probably not out there is if it's you know, close to 100 degrees and it's just too hot or if it's just too cold. But otherwise, I guess that's so I recommend finding a special place. So whether it's somewhere in your house. And, and then if you're at work and if you're comfortable getting up in the middle of the day and or can, perhaps your car or your second sit might be in the evening back at the same place you did your morning sit at home. So just find a special room in your house where it's distraction free. Um, but and the, and the other thing I'll, I'll add is it's also sometimes nice just to be flexible with where you sit, quite frankly. So like I, I, I had to go to sometimes I have to go to New York City for work. I've centered on a train and people don't know what you're doing because I'm closing my eyes anyhow. And I have put on a headset and I plug in it to my phone because I have an, the contemplative outreach has a nice um, application where you can set the timer. So I've centered on the train ride to New York city and nobody knows you're centering. Um, If you're flying in an airplane, you could do the same thing. Um, I like to, there's a, I like, I like to ride my bike or walk and there's a nice trail near me. And then there's benches along the way. You can center in a park. Nobody knows. Nobody notices. Nobody knows what you're doing. So I also think sometimes it's nice just to flex where you sit. Um, I'll even sit. I go to a chiropractor about every two weeks. And, and part of the session is in the, the first part, you lie on your back for 10 minutes. And there's like a, a machine that rolls underneath your back to loosen it up. I'll, I'll center for 10 minutes. And then the chiropractor adjusts me. And then the last 10 minutes is you're lying on a waterbed getting massaged. And I'll center for another 10 minutes there. Mm. So, yes, I guess do have those maybe special places you like to go. But then sometimes it's nice just to flex. I'll call flex where you sit. Yeah. You can kind of center anywhere, quite frankly. Yeah. I kind of like as well when you're saying special places. Like sometimes I think people, when they're thinking about spirituality, mm-hmm. they sometimes think you know, the conditions need to be a certain way, or maybe, well, I'm not really that kind of person to have like a little spot where my Bible is and I light a candle and all of this stuff. But you're saying like your basement and your car, like those are really kind of ordinary spaces, which it's special in the sense of this is a place where I know I can always go where I don't have distractions. Not, not necessarily you know, I've got my little shrine that I've built or something like that. That's okay. If you do that too, that's, that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. If you have a space for where your Bible always is and where you, where you light a candle and that helps you, that's, that's awesome. But for lots of people, that's not necessarily what they do. And they maybe think, Oh, I'm not really, am I really doing this right? Um, but it's kind of, so it's kind of nice to hear 
in the car or really wherever, um, this is, this is something you can take with you and just do, uh, on the go or, um, but there might be something too in your regular daily routines to have some, some set spaces, um, that are the same every time. Um, it sounds like that's maybe a useful thing. Right. And, and the other thing I would also, sometimes you can do kind of, like, I call them silent bursts. Like if I'm going to, I, I don't like going to the doctor and I get there early, I'll do a, a five minute sit in my car, then walk in. Or if I'm at work and I have to make a presentation that I'm a little bit anxious or nervous about and I have a little bit of time, I might do a one or three minute silent sit. So I also encourage people to do kind of a silent burst, uh, which is is not a bad idea as well, just to kind of calm yourself down before you go into whatever that upcoming situation is that you're you're a little nervous about. Oh, I like that. I think that's really good. I, I do that before, like as a pastor, I, when there's a particularly difficult um, visit often when I'm visiting a family where someone has passed away. Um, I still sort of feel like I don't really know what, what to say, even though I've had lots of experience now, but particularly early on, I would just sit in my car and, mm-hmm. um, really, I mean, I probably my, if I was to summarize the the prayer, sometimes there might be a phrase or two, but, um, but really the, the one word that I would be focusing on would be help, you know, um, and really just asking God for, for help and, and sort of a sense of God's presence and, and calm in those, in those moments. Um, so I, you know, sometimes we end up in those times of desperation where we need that prayer, but also even just if you've got a little bit of worry or anxiety about something, I think it could right. be good. I think that's good no. advice. Uh, have you, so have you been through a time, particularly in the last four years of practicing centering prayer, uh, where you haven't felt like praying or where you felt like, oh, this is, maybe I don't have time to pray. Has, has that happened since you've started practicing centering prayer? Yeah, it, it has. I like guess probably the hardest time I remember was when my father passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember my first centering prayer sit after that. I, I didn't really want to do because I was pretty upset. So I, I remember he passed away in the evening. So my first sit was the following morning. And I did it anyhow. And I remember I actually, I guess I was successful. that I was able to sit for 20 minutes, but I pretty much cried. And then I interiorly came back to my sacred image and then I cried and it's sort of this pattern of crying and interior mm. <laughs> coming back. And I don't know how many times I did this until finally I was quiet, peaceful, and kind of was able to finish my prayer. So that was probably the hardest one I did, but then also probably maybe the most powerful one where all of a sudden I was at peace for, for I don't know how long the crying went on, but then I, I finally was at peace and then the closing bell went off. So I, Right. I, I think the most important thing was that I, I kind of kept at it, quite frankly, and sat with God until I could even let go of my, you know, my hurt. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the hurt didn't go away, obviously, but but I was able to at least kind of release it and even let that go for some time frame and sit with God and let God just love me. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And like you said, I think the important thing is you still showed up like you, right. you still went through it. And I think that kind of has a broader application even to centering prayer, but even, you know, engaging in community, going to church. A lot of times people, 
you know, oh, I don't, I don't feel like going, um, is often the time when you really need to go. <laughs> That's true. And, uh, right. But the same thing for prayer or going to the Bible, um, prayer of any kind, often um, it's when you don't feel like it. It's like, oh, then that's where you kind of have to, you have to show up and start um, and go through it. Uh, I think there's also a, a benefit to having uh, the routine. Like you have these two moments in the day um, where you were sort of faced with the choice of, well, do I show up or don't I show up? As opposed to not have, like for lots of people, they don't necessarily have a routine or a pattern of prayer in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when times get really tough, then it just, prayer kind of just disappears because it's somewhat haphazard anyway. Um, or they run straight to God and, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's good and helps renew it. But, um, but I think the choice of, you know, am I going to do this or not and forcing yourself to do it, uh, having that pattern is, is useful and, and helpful. Right. And I'll, and one thing I'll point out too, is you can't, you can't fail at this prayer, which I try to remind people, you can't fail with centering prayer. I don't need to fail with any prayer, quite frankly, but you can't fail. You simply need to show up and God loves you and God is thrilled that you've showed up. And then I think if you miss, if you, if you have a pattern and you miss your pattern, don't beat yourself up. God is delighted and he'll wait for you for the next sit. So I I think those are two important things. You You can't fail at, centering prayer you can't fail a prayer and god loves you and is thrilled that you're going to sit with him the next time you sit or have have your prayer time yeah i love that um so what advice do you have for folks who are maybe feeling like they are having a harder time or going through a dry spell spiritually or are thinking you know where is god even um and uh you know, what advice do you have for them if they feel like it's been, it's been weeks since they've really prayed, whether they've practiced centering prayer or not? Um, I mean, it's some of the stuff you said too, I would say we just need to show up and I guess we're probably all going to have some dry spaces in our lives. It's, it's just unfortunately a part of life where something happens in your life, whether it's to you personally or to someone important to you, or you lose your job. Or, or some type of event happens, personal, family, career, mm-hmm. I think, and it's hard, you don't want to show up, but I guess you, you just, you have to show up and whether it's keep going to church if you don't want to, but you have to just keep, keep showing up, keep praying. I would encourage journaling too, is, is not mm-hmm. a bad thing to do. Um, I, I don't, ha- I, I had a spiritual director, it was, it was an, a, uh, a sister at a, uh, at a uh, retreat center near me, she retired, but she would always ask, tell me to journal and talk to God about my feelings and then have a conversation with God. So if I was feeling upset, start talking to God about that and then have God answer. And I thought it was, it was, I was, I'd never been told to talk for God, but, but that was sort of a neat thing. So I would talk to God, I would write, you know, I'm upset or I'm angry or I'm confused or, or, or work is too hard. I can't get it done. And then I would turn around and then have God and what would God say to me? And I began saying things like, you know, Richard, I don't want you to be upset. I don't want you to worry. We can do this together. You can do this. It can get done. Let's break it down into chunks or some of these things don't need to get done. It was just an interesting exercise that kind of taught me was to bring something to God. And then what do you think God 
would say back to you. Hmm. Yeah, so I, some, yeah. I would just say, keep at it. Maybe pray, pray in smaller chunks, not long chunks. Um, and maybe do some journaling is, is just not a bad idea where you talk to God and then turn around and have God talk to you. What do you think God would say back to you? Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. I like that. I haven't, uh, I haven't heard that before either. Um, all right. We should, uh, we should probably wrap up and, sure. uh, but uh, where can people uh, find your website? What's your website address and where can people connect with you if they want to know more? Sure. Very simple. Silenceteaches.com. And then I would simply recommend I have a page called Start Here, where mm-hmm. I think may make the most sense for people that are kind of new to this whole concept of silence and centering prayer. So go to silenceteaches.com. And then there's a, a start here page that really can guide them through kind of the process might be a good starting point for anyone that wants to kind of explore and learn more. Cool. That's great. Rich, thank you for uh, taking the time today to teach us and share with us a little bit about your story and about uh, this practice. It was really helpful. Sure. Thanks for having me on. And I hope, uh, people have found this helpful and I hope for those that have been looking for something uh, that perhaps this is will help them and it will is something they've been looking for as well great thanks so much take care thank you thanks for listening today I hope you found it helpful you can always go to spiritualityforordinarypeople.com and you can find all of the old episodes and all of the show notes for those episodes Also, you can find the podcast on iTunes, and I would love it if you could leave a review there. That means so much to me, and it helps the podcast become more visible so that others can find these interviews. Thanks again for listening. Take care.